0: Everyone,
1: Thursday. not Wednesday, yeah, we're a day week, right? late, a dollar short. <laughs> yeah, we're a day late. Had some things going on last night, had to push podcast recording a day. But here we are, Thursday night instead of Wednesday. Here's Everybody your daily dose. I thought oh. we were gone. No, no, we're never gone. We're here for the long haul. We're here. Here's your 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 bi-weekly dose of some of cigar talk. So yes. welcome to the Cigar Match Podcast. We are your hosts, Adam and Bruno. And we're we're back with you for another week. Uh, we've got a cool week. This is this is episode ten, Bruno. Episode ten. This is kind of a mini milestone for us. Yeah, it is. This is our tenth episode. This is that's kind of cool, man. Uh, back back in June, did you think we would hit ten episodes when we started this? No, I'm
0: not. I don't <laughs> think I did. I really had no expectation. I didn't know what to expect.
1: Yeah, didn't know I mean, what
0: I, it was going to do. I've told a, a large number of people that. <laughs> They're like, how can you just sit there and every two weeks talk about cigars? There's not that much. I'm like, well,
1: actually, uh, there yes, is. Yes, there is. There's quite a bit. And how many every, cigars do <laughs> you smoke every two weeks? Uh, there's t- plenty Well, to talk at about. least 15. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty to talk about. Even oh, God, just don't that. remind me how many cigars I smoke. Ooh. I know, man. So, yeah, it, it's it's episode 10. It's not a huge milestone, but it's a mini milestone for us. It's 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 a pretty cool thing. I, I'm pretty stoked on it. 10 episodes. Oh, yeah. I think that's pretty sweet. So we've got a cool episode tonight. We've got our our normal cigar talk, and we've got our first guest on tonight. Uh, I say our first guest, but the people are gonna say, "Well, no, you you had you had Hunter." And yes, our first guest, who is not a relative, um, we have Andrew, author, uh, entrepreneur, cigar guy, all around cool cool guy, uh, Andrew King. He's gonna come on later and talk. He's gonna talk some cigars. We're gonna talk about Andrew's book. We're gonna talk music. A lot of cool stuff with Andrew. So. Uh, and that actually brings up a point
0: yeah so when adam and i were doing this we kind of talked before we started doing it and we are really curious to get you guys' feedback on this because it it was a great conversation and i hope you guys enjoy it but it was about 20 maybe 25 percent cigars everything was cigar driven and cigars are a big part of his life but there was a lot of other very cool things talked about, and we want yes. to get you guys' feedback on that. Did you like the mix of some cigar stuff and non cigar related stuff? Or, you know, if we do these things in the future, would you rather just hear about cigars?
1: So, yeah. definitely give us your feedback on this one, please. Yeah, and to provide a little context because Bruno says some things right there, and you're probably going, Wait a minute, you're recording. Oh, yeah. So you're recording the episode now so yeah we we, we actually recorded <laughs> Oops, the don't interview give away with our andrew. secrets yeah you're letting them peek behind the curtain Ooh. we recorded the interview with andrew last week we did it outside of the normal podcast platform just because it's easier for us to to manage guests that way uh so the the interview is pre-recorded uh that's why bruno already has all the information on how long the interview went oh, and what we talked about <laughs> i gave all the secrets away yeah so but he, he bruno makes a very good point we're, we're very curious because the conversation while well, we did talk cigars, uh, we, we talked music, we talked about Andrew's book, uh, we covered a of lot stuff. of different topics. It was a great conversation. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're genuinely curious when you guys listen to this episode, you know, get us some feedback. Do you like the conversations that kind of span numerous topics, or would you rather that we focus primarily on cigar talk? Uh, we're curious. When we went into the interview with Andrew, we, Bruno and I talked, so we'd really like to focus cigars. But the conversation went a different way, and that was fine because the conversation was – I personally enjoyed talking with Andrew. It was a great conversation. He's a great guy. Um, and Sorry. I was really, really excited to have Andrew as our first guest. So, so that, that is coming up in this episode but let's i want to see yeah. what i
0: want to do is give any of our listeners if there are any listeners in the state of wisconsin yes, i want to give them
1: a good job yes we've got so, some good news anytime yeah. we, can, we can talk we can talk the legal side of things and it's good news <laughs> that's that's always a win for the cigar community so wisconsin excuse me wisconsin Quit drinking Intr- while we're trying to do this. I'm drinking Dr Pepper, <laughs> strawberries and cream. Dr Pepper. at That I don't even have alcohol today. Ugh. Uh, yeah, it's I. Uh, yeah, it's, Stop. It's <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love it. But anyway, <laughs> Wisconsin introduces a bill to allow for new cigar bars. So if you're not in Wisconsin and you're wondering what this is all about, so Wisconsin currently they they have you can they do have cigar bars in Wisconsin. But they have to have been open prior to, and I didn't note this because I'm like, oh, I'll look it up. Uh, June 3rd, 2009. Thank you, Bruno. So as long as the establishment was open prior to 2009, it was grandfathered in and it was allowed to stay open. Uh, But post-2009, no new cigar bars were allowed to open. Uh, This new bill would change that. And it would allow for new cigar establishments to open up in Wisconsin, and this is just super super cool um, because it's it's going to. I mean, obviously, if they're having this built, there's someone has is wanting to open a yes. new cigar bar in Wisconsin, uh, and that's just going to expand the cigar community. So Wisconsin, do what you have to do on this. Uh, Bruno, do you have the article up? I do. Do you know the specifics, like the bill number or anything like that? Uh, it is for AB four five one, AB four five one. So if you're in Wisconsin, do your thing. Contact your your local uh, politician. Politician, yeah, yeah, and tell them, you know, yes, on AB four five one. This is this is a bill that's that's endorsed by the PCA, Premium Cigar Association. And this would be awesome if you live in Wisconsin. You can get some new some new places to go hang out, some new B and M's to frequent, uh, and to just. Not just frequent the B&M, but go hang out and smoke a cigar there. Uh, there's nothing better. We've talked about it numerous times. We're going to oh talk God. about it on this show. Yes, uh, we we're are. We're going to talk about it on this episode uh, because Bruno just did that. So definitely, AB451, if you're in Wisconsin, new cigar new cigar bars. Go make so some noise. What, what have you smoked, man? So What's I've it? had a couple of, couple of things I was going through in, in my notes. Uh, I've only got a couple, and I'm tr- trying to remember – I just prior to I was actually it's it's a beautiful I love this time of year here in the Midwest uh here in Cincinnati I think it's pretty commonly known where we are at this point um here in Cincinnati (laughs) today (laughs) it's a it was an amazing fall day it's my favorite time of year it was kind of raining a little bit just a little drizzle it was cool uh so I went out I sat in the garage with the door open and just relaxed my garage is my kind of getaway place uh because my professional career i work from home so my office is my office <laughs> so there are days where i just don't want to be in here uh i don't want to sit in here and smoke a cigar because it reminds me of work and i'm on vacation this week oh uh, nice so, Yeah, staycation just mental health week for me so i went out in the garage opened the door enjoyed the cool the cool breeze coming through watched it rain um hunter came out and had a cigar with me i just had the the dissident block which is one of, it's a cigar that I am loving. I loved it the first time I had it and I wasn't convinced that I loved it because it was a great cigar. I was questioning, did I like this because I, I'm trying to support, you know, Josh, uh, by Josh, Josh Coburn, uh, someone that I, that I genuinely like a lot. Do I, do I love this because I wanna support Josh's company, Josh and Sin are great people, or is this a good cigar? So I picked up a few more of the, over the weekend and I had another one and I still just absolutely love the cigar. Uh, great, great cigar. Very, very nice, nice, chocolatey. A uh, little bit of spice to it. It is, it's phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Hunter was just smoking the Alec Bradley Project 40 Maduro, which I picked up a few of those, and I've yet to be able to have one because both of my sons have been smoking them, and they're raving about them. So <laughs> I can't say anything further than that because I haven't got, I haven't got to have one. But both my, both of my sons. Have had the Project 40 Maduro and they love it, so I'm hoping to pick up uh, pick up a few more this week and actually get to try that for myself. Uh, I had the Room 101 Daruma. I think I'm spelling that right. Uh, I didn't score it on our scoring our scale because I had that while we were interviewing Andrew, and I liked it a lot. I wish I could give more detail, but I was more focused on on the conversation than the cigar. Uh, but I liked it enough that I do plan on going back to my my local place this week and picking up a few more. I'm probably gonna have uh, have one for Bruno when we get together here in a couple of weeks for uh, Halloween. Yes, for Halloween, you'll have we've a gotta, nice haul for me again, man. Yeah, man, we're we've, I've got a few things with your name on it here. Uh, Don't let the kids smoke those now. Uh, no, we, Hunter and I were just going through going through the humidor <laughs> uh, out there, and I have one section of the humidor. It's like these are for Bruno for Halloween. These are off limits. Do you not touch. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so, but I, I'm i going to get down there uh, probably this weekend and pick up uh, some more of the room 101 Daruma. It was really good. It's, this is the new version of the Daruma, the 2023. Um, it's very good if you've had st- stuff like the, the uh, One Shot, One Kill or the, I think the Namakubi, maybe?
2: It yeah, I think that's what it's f- called.
1: That similar line that they're wrapped, uh, they're perfectos in the kind of the little, almost like a scroll-looking uh paper wrap around the entire cigar um, visually they look really nice that's what caught my attention in the, the b&m i looked down they were on the bottom shelf kind of tucked kind of tucked away and visually they looked really nice and the cigar was really really good like i said i had it while i was we were conducting the interview with andrew i was in the conversation so i didn't focus a whole lot on the cigar so i didn't take any notes on it i just really enjoyed it enough to say yep i'm gonna go get some more so i had the room 101 deroma uh, i also have had uh and i think i had this last week the oscar the heaven and hell oscaro by Oscar Valderes uh, I'm not going to go too deep into this because Bruno has one and hasn't yeah. smoked it yet. So <laughs> I, I haven't done it yet. Uh, so that's just, this is just Leave say, it. Yep, I've I've <laughs> had it and I'm going to stop right there because I don't, I don't want to sway Bruno one way or the other nope. on this cigar. We will talk about it in detail at a later date. Um, what else have I had? Anything good? I'm sure. I've had a lot of, oh, uh, Tatuaje, cunones. Wow, I uh, had just that good. a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, exactly. That's not one that I, that I yeah. have to be shy about because no. I think it's pretty commonly known. That's, that's a really <laughs> good cigar. Uh, I've had a lot of actual Tatswajay over the last couple of weeks. Um, Havana Habana six, always a good, the, the red label, always, always a great cigar. And we've had a lot of Don Pepin here in the house because that's one that, um, that Hunter has been a big fan of the, the Don Pepin blue. Um, so we've had a lot of Don Pepin. Bruno, you've got a few things here on your list. What have you had? I do. So um, first one I
0: had was a Romeo and Julieta Reserva Rail Nicaraguan. It was a Corona, which isn't my size, but that's what they had. And I'm actually not much of a Romeo and Julieta fan, but I actually enjoyed this cigar. It had a good, I gave it a 7.75 on, out of 10. I was it was between a mild and medium cigar to me, and I really, really enjoyed it. So that was
1: one. I'm gonna do them in order of. Before you go to your next one, I do have a question, and I'm looking this up for myself because I'm not sure if, if you'll know. Uh, was that because I I seem to want to say was that an AJ Fernandez blend on that one? Do you know? Ooh, I don't remember. Because I. Th- it is, yes. Okay. I just found it. It is. That was an AJ. Well, that would explain why I liked
0: it. Too, exactly. I'm not normally a Romeo and Julieta fan. I've had enough of theirs, and it's like, it's an okay cigar. I'm not, it's okay. It's please understand, I'm not like bashing yeah. something. It just no. isn't what I like enjoy. So, so another one I really had was a Las yeah. Galaveras. It was a Limitada 2023. Ooh. Unfortunately, that one was a letdown for me. Really? I had the 5x50 Robusto. It burned not so good. First third started to burn good. Then it started to tunnel. I would consider it a medium body. By the time I got to the last third, I think I had to relight or or remedy it a couple of times. And it started to get um, a little bitter near the end. I I was disappointed in it. Not a cigar I would buy again and you know
1: reading up on it it's like i really wanted to like the cigar yeah I, I well on one hand I'm, I'm glad to hear that because i almost picked that up this weekend uh, i saw that at the probably well, interested that over the weekend. yeah and it clicked i'm like hey Bruno's. bruno has mentioned this he's got it i should pick one up and i didn't um <laughs> well because i went a little wild and picked up a whole bunch of other stuff But yeah be interesting to see what you think but yeah. the one of
0: the one since last time that I really enjoyed, and Adam, I think you had one of these
1: too. I had an ATL cigar, the black. Did I you have not me? had the no? Okay. I have not had the ATL. That was man when you sent me in, and that was new to me actually.
0: Yes, and it was the the ATL black. It was a torpedo. Oh my God, was it good? It was a good medium body. Started to get a little bit above a medium body in the last third. And then, of course, when I tried to go to bed that night, I found out it was a little <laughs> stronger. It was a little a uh, little more full on as far as strength. But uh, Adam and I just redid the, well, Adam more than me, just redid the scoring. And I ended up with an 8.3 on that. Nice. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> but I really
1: enjoyed it. I really did. Just, just for your awareness, um, and this is behind the scenes here, the highlighting I just did in our our notes that's just for me <laughs> to remember to pick that up <laughs> which one? Oh, okay when it updates you'll see it that's just for oh me. yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> just so i remember to pick that up so i think it was that that was the last the last one you had correct yeah that
0: was the last that was one of the ones i had that i i will buy again if i see atl that was the black they have uh three other ones i can't or two other ones i can't remember what they are but i was impressed i really really enjoyed this cigar.
1: Yeah, and so with that, since we're talking Bruno Cigars, the last, last point I want to get in here, Bruno, um, is uh, I just saw this today, that Habano's SA, they're adding the yeah. Hoyo de Monterey uh, Destino. Uh, new cigar, new size. Uh, it, it is Cuban, so you know we're not going to get it here in the U.S. And, and even more interestingly, it's, it's only going to be released in the travel locations, so like the duty-free shops outside of the U.S., it uh, comes in a nice-looking a nice, tra- nice kind of travel humidor uh, box. I think they are. I don't know if it was 10 or 20 to a box. Uh, 10. 10? Okay. But it, it'll be one. I know you are a big Hoyo de Monterey oh, guy. Oh, yeah. So it'll be one to, to be looking out for if you've got a source and you, and you are a, a Cuban guy. Uh, be aware that it is out there. Or it's going to be out there. I don't know if it's actually released just yet, uh, but it's on its way. And I'm sure even though it is specific to to duty free and travel locations I'm sure that some of the normal places um will be uh they'll they'll probably be showing yeah. be carrying it at some point definitely so that, worth a that's, try yeah definitely so right here let's uh you know this is where we're gonna pivot and I think it's time that we uh we finally we break through this this barrier that we've had in front of us here with, <laughs> with the guests you know we we've been talking about this for 10 episodes now and here we go we're gonna bring on our first guest to the podcast um he is an author entrepreneur he's a cigar guy i that's originally how i found him is through the cigar community uh he's a big big cigar culture guy he's a big music guy um we're gonna bring on uh andrew king so here we go we're gonna have a great conversation with andrew all right, cool. Bruno, here we go, man. We've been talking about this for quite a while, and I guess yes, we have our first official guest that is not related to me uh, right. <laughs> or me. I don't think. Not trying to Andrew, and not, are we related? I don't believe so. Good. <laughs> yeah, not trying to take anything from, away from Hunter. Hunter was our first guest, but he is related to me. So so we are welcoming our first guest, and we've got, man, this is quite a list. I'm going to hit the high points, and I will let him introduce himself to cover everything else. We've got author. Author. All-around badass, uh, punk rocker, cigar guy, body, ex-body, ex-bodybuilder, bodybuilder. Yeah. Are, are you still lifting?
2: Yes. I still lift, but definitely not in bodybuilding shape
1: anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, all kinds of cool stuff. He will give more detail. We've got Andrew Thorpe King on with us tonight. We're going to talk about all kinds of cool stuff going on in his world. We're going to talk some cigars. So, Andrew, I tried to hit the hot, some of the top things I had written down. Give you, tell Tell our listeners, give yourself a quick kind of introduction.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you hit the high notes there, right? So cigar lover, obviously, I wouldn't be here. Um, serial entrepreneur, also serial failure, hence my new book, Failure Rules, <laughs> The Five Rules of Failure for Entrepreneurs, Creatives, and Authentics. Uh, give people some insights on how to kind of like uh, plan for failure, metabolize it, leverage it, optimize it, help them uh, turn themselves into uh, their most optimized Uh, you know, authentic person in the world. Uh, Also, you know, I own two record labels, uh, one uh, metal hardcore one, one uh, more street punk, and I've been in banking and finance uh, as kind of as a dual career for many, many years, everything from financial planning to owning online lending firms, both onshore and offshore. And last 10 years I spent kind of in the corporate world uh, in fintech. So all kinds of stuff, my man.
1: Very cool. A, A busy, busy dude. And a man after my own heart, because, you know, punk rock dude music <laughs> me, me, you have no idea how much music means to me i think you probably do because i think music you holds a special spot in your heart as well and yeah. one, once we're off the air something that that i i found out you and i have a connection um oh, yeah? in common yes i believe a band that was you had signed uh i have played with them many 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 times um uh, so yeah. the coffin the coffin cats oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. I, that's what I'm doing. I, I, yeah i, I, I yeah. was yeah, I I've spent uh not to I won't derail here, promise Bruno. I promise yeah, don't Bruno. derail. Uh, I'll go I'll go quick. <laughs> I spent uh what 10 plus years in a horror punk band uh touring and oh, nice. shared shared many stages with the coffin cats. Uh I, I I heard you on another podcast mention the coffin cats, and it just triggered in my brain, it's like, ah yes, I know Vic and the crew. So so yeah, man. So we we have that yeah. common as as well as a lot of New York hardcore background. So oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's that's for another another show. um So <laughs> Very
2: cool. yeah, coffin cats. They uh never disappoint. You know, and now that they've been like sober for years, I mean, other than like weed, like they've just been even more on point as they get older, and they their brotherhood has grown, and they're just a great yeah, I mean, group of guys. And music's top notch. I did two records for them on my label, Sailors Grave Records: Our Way and the Highway, which I just put in for a repress today for some more vinyl. Nice. So very nice. And um, also did uh, Born of the Motor, the other record I did for
1: that. Very cool. Okay. Very cool. So so let me that brings me to a, a question. Um and we're going to hit a lot of stuff here. The labels, you're still active? So Sailor's Grave is I would say more active. Okay. But only
2: periodically, right? So, right, right. I do a batch of records every couple of years and they'll recoup for a while. Then I'll get interested in other things. So, I haven't right. really released the records for a few years. Last record I did was The Goddamn Gallows. Nice. Trial.
0: Cool uh, name.
2: Awesome dude. And But since then, I've really been focusing a lot of my time, energy, and cash on failure rule stuff. Yeah. But in you know, the next year or two, I'll probably get involved and put out a few more records or some ideas that are kind of brought in some conversations. But, you know, it's yeah, one of those man. things that I've been doing for over 20 years. I don't have to do it all the time. It's you know start and stop as I feel fit with the with the right bands at the right time. So
1: it makes sense. Right. Fun. Yeah, man, and that's something that for me, yeah, as I was reading through Failure Rules, which I love, man. Uh, I don't know if you can see behind me. It's actually sitting over here. I keep two books right, right here, and I'm going to show you real quick. You went and bought it too. I, I sent you oh PM. yeah, I, I've got I've got it. Uh, so I got Failure Rules, and you're in good company because the other book that is sitting right here with it is from a good friend. Joshua Coburn. Shit that oh, my sad. man. I've read Absolutely. through this more times than I can count. And these are the two books that I keep right here next to my desk. So you're in good company, man. Um, that's my boy, Joshua. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Joshua's a great, great guy. But one of the things that, that I took from that book right away, you hit a, you hit on something uh, where you talked about the calling journey. Yeah. And that's something for me that it's partial, partially cigars. Um, I've worked in some form in the industry for a number of years, and it was it was my dream job to be completely honest. It's actually how, how Bruno and I originally met. Uh, and the other part of that is music. I've been playing yeah. music since I was 11 years old and now I am, um, I am a cyber security, yeah, I'm a cybersecurity. Yeah, I'm I'm a cybersecurity professional. So I wear the, the suit and tie. Um, uh, but there was a point where I was in a touring band with all of my downtime from work. I was juggling that with a family with a professional career and being in a punk rock band. Um, so I, <laughs> when you started talking about the calling journey, I was like, man, that, I know exactly where that's going because that's for me, that is music. That is, that is something that will be in my heart until the day I die. I will work the professional career, but there's always that, that calling journey that, that keeps me sane. Yeah. Sort of it's that.
2: the balance of the thing one and thing two. Like I talk about in the book. Yeah, man.
1: Just yeah. Like you that. had
2: Family to boot, which always makes it more complex
1: Yeah, dude. and more difficult, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was a lot of juggling, but, um, but yeah, man, so that was the first part of the book where I was just like, wow, yep, I get it. That is perfect. So the book is awesome, Failure Rules. Uh, everybody, check it out. It is exactly that, man. Take your failures and flip that shit and, and use them as, as steps, learn from them. Um, that's one of the things that that I love. And I think I attribute that, when as I was reading, I kept attributing, going back to, I can see where, where Andrew's coming from with the hardcore scene. That was one of the things that I learned from being in the hardcore scene for a number of years. Uh, I was in a straight-edge band for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. And the brotherhood, the camaraderie, the, the take the the negative thing and just flip it on its head and figure it out and move forward. Um, so as I'm reading through, I'm like, yeah, this guy, this the book really hit me because I was able to catch a lot of that stuff. Um, and again, I, I kept going back and saying, man, this, this is a guy after my own heart um because i can this all clicks i loved it so what you've done with the failure rules man i personally love it so far um it's great great stuff it really hits home for me so if you guys are out there listening i mean failure rules is a great book it's not your i'm trying to think how to word this to not to not come across as kind of an ass i guess but it's um it's not your typical kind of like coaching book um it comes from this this place of i i think i really feel like it comes from this place of i've been there i know what it's like and i don't want to see i don't want to see you go through those things as well so it's really cool um so definitely you know the book how's the, how's the book doing for you what's Still the great, feedback man. you've gotten good man that's yeah, it's, awesome it's been like
2: this month it's, it'll be it's like a year pretty much like this week that it's been out yeah so uh you know but just, i knew that building the audience was kind of the next real uh, you know, a uh, thing to focus on, obviously. Yeah. So it started a little bit before the book. But um, this is really kind of the first book I put a lot of energy into. I wrote a spine a years ago. I didn't do a whole lot with it. So it was really like building the whole like ecosystem of, you know, everything around the book. So doing all the podcasts and learning how to optimize Amazon ads and right. planning in-person events. And I got the merch company around it. And I have, yeah, you know, like the soundtrack playlist and doing the social media <laughs> and all that stuff. And I think for me, like it, the the book is selling almost to the number. It's actually a little bit above, but precisely where I wanted it to be. Year one. That's awesome. Standpoint, uh, and the trajectory continues, uh, and and the media appearances continue, which is which is driving sales, building the network. And next year, at some point, I'll, I'll likely start my own podcast. I'm just kind of waiting for the network to swell a little bit mm-hmm. more, and then when the time is right, then I'll strike and really dive into that. Um, and you can have us as guests. <laughs> Hell yeah. There we go. I mean, look, it's got the intersection of all my great loves, cigars, punk rock,
1: entrepreneurialism. I mean, all that yeah, stuff. Right? Yeah, man. What more could you want? So, so let's, let's pivot there and say, you know, how I, I, I found you through the cigar community through the cigar culture. Mm-hmm. That was my initial exposure to you was, was through cigars. How, how has that been? How has the cigar culture been, um, overall ha- have you seen a lot of people come in from the cigar community um and, and social media wise into the book as well or ha- was that by design actually did you reach directly out to the cigar community by design or is that just who you are and you were just there already
2: i'd say it's both it's who i am and so it was by design right so okay. it's like
1: you know it's a big part
2: of like my story you know it's a part of uh my everyday like appreciation of of, of uh of, of living a bold uh, life to the fullest right and accenting everything i do with the pleasure of a cigar right I mean like right I work from home I got the ventilation in my office <laughs> i smoke all day and you know like if I'm sick and I can't smoke for a little bit man my life just seems miserable it's like it's miserable it's so it's i know that feeling but like the the book was written you know smoke a cigar through, throughout the entire writing process nice you know i um when I had my financial planning practice uh I met my clients through smoking cigars at cigar lounge. When uh, I um, pivoted from um, uh, owning online lending businesses to uh, getting a job in the fintech space, uh, my my first boss I met over a cigar. Like cigar has been like the glue in my life. It's been right. It's been the, uh, the 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 kind of the bridge to those friendships and brotherhoods and fraternity that has been just unmatched. Uh, you know, with people from all walks of life, just different. You know, socioeconomic, different uh, races, different religions, all that stuff. Yet there's something about the BOTL, the Brotherhood of the Leaf. You know, notwithstanding the fact that people are people, and there's always going to be shitty people in every community, but right. generally the BOTL, I really found that to be true. I was at the PCA trade show in July. You know, Premium Cigar Association trade show. Had a booth selling the book and um, also selling my uh, my clothing company, Solomon Fire Supply Company. Yeah. Uh, Solomon Fire Smokeware, which is a, a line within the company that's all cigar oriented. Uh, I nice. guess. Tickets- And, uh, you know, I was just uh, really, you know, kind of struck by how happy everybody was at the cigar convention. Even three days on the feet, you know, constant socialization but smoking all day. And and I compare that even to like, you know, I've gone to many conferences in different spaces, whether it's banking or I owned a fitness center for a while. So I went to conferences in the fitness space. went to conferences in the music industry, right? Even when I was working for record labels and, you know, I worked for like Relapse Records and I worked for Lumberjack Distribution and had my own labels obviously. And like, I've never been to any business conference where anybody where people were the happiest than that, the, you know, cigar trade show. And Something it was just a a like, yes, this is a, a strong piece of an amazing life for so many cool people. And then to yeah. see the intersection of so many people there now that are kind of not fitting in with kind of like the legacy golfer kind of aesthetic of, mm-hmm. of older smokers, which, which obviously has its place, but to see so many like, you know, bearded tattooed guys who ended up yeah, also being the hardcore punk rock and then meet a bunch of them there. Uh, you know, like it was just like such a great intersection and just the entrepreneurial spirit there, and you know, talking to guys like Matt Booth or yeah, you know, or Singh Wilburn, Josh's wife, and met her there for the first time. And you know, just it was just an amazing kind of amalgamation of all my interests, all my passions, and all the yeah. things that light me up.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's also awesome. that's something that, that we have talked about on this show numerous, numerous times is about the just the overall the cigar culture just brings in all walks and nothing else matters when you sit down and you light up that cigar doesn't matter you sit down you have a great conversation everything is right with the world for that that time it's amazing what a cigar can do it's really cool
2: people really do for the most part leave their differences at the door or the perceived differences and you end up walking out with friends that you might otherwise never really send one one, or two or vice versa you know and uh, not just friends but like friends that actually in many cases stick by you i mean uh, i don't even really specifically write about this in failure rules, but when I went through my uh, first divorce, um, you know, I had to quickly find a place to live. Uh, I was in between opportunities and both the the new job I got, which I just mentioned was bridged by a relationship with somebody from Cigar Lounge. And I'm still in that job 10 years later, multiple promotions and doing really well and really enjoying it. And then also like the temporary place I, I lived when I left my house for my first divorce was a guy from Cigar Lounge who owned a hotel and was like, yo, I'll hook it with a killer price, go stay here till you figure out where you're going to live. And just that type of like reaching out that brotherhood, like, uh, you know, I've never seen any community like it, to be honest with you. And I don't know if yeah. that's everybody's experience, but certainly it's mine.
1: Yeah. I think between speaking for myself and I'm pretty sure I know Bruno's answer on this as well. It's the exact same. Bruno and I, Bruno and I worked at a, uh, at a cigar shop here in Cincinnati um, that had a nice lounge uh, in the shop. And the, 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 the people that would come in and, and hang out in that lounge every day, always every day was just great, great people. Never, never, never bad people in there. It was that's always been my takeaway.
2: What's the lounge in Cincinnati?
1: So that we Bruno and I were talking off-air. We that's something we share. Um when I first pinged you early, early on on Instagram, you were at Blaze with yes! Bruno. Bruno <laughs> and I were just at Blaze a couple of weeks ago. No, uh, shit. That's, great place. That's that's, that's oh, not yeah, where we worked. Yeah. We we worked at another place in Cincinnati, but but yeah, I saw that you were at Blaze and we were just at Blaze. Blaze is a phenomenal place to have it a cigar. It certainly is. That atmosphere cool. in that place is very, very nice. So yeah, we so are in Cincinnati. We went as far what's, as
2: you know, what's the place in Cincy, though, that you go to or that you work at?
1: Uh we worked at a place called Strauss Tobacconist. Uh they have a location mm-hmm. in Cincy and then a location with a, an actual lounge in uh northern Kentucky. Okay.
2: I don't remember where I went, but I went to one place on the OTR and I forget. Yeah, the name. OTR
1: otr premium cigars i think is what's called the, just uh, at- in the garage yeah i was just over there this weekend
2: yeah that's where i first went as soon as i landed man i was like fuck it i need a cigar after the flight and
1: yeah
2: right <laughs> That was the first one that came up and i went right there next thing you know i'm meeting a bunch of great dudes
1: and smoking a cigar in a damn garage nice yep yeah i was just over that way uh this past weekend i, I actually i didn't know otr the otr cigar place uh, even existed until i was just walked past it saturday afternoon um uh, yeah. so it's on my list of places to, uh, to really check out here, here soon. Very small uh,
2: world. I'll be back there probably next summer. My daughter goes to school, university of Cincinnati. So
1: yeah.
2: uh, I'm visiting her, you know, at least annually down there. I don't want to go there in winter. No, no, no offense. So I'll probably no. Go next <laughs> and uh, we'll have to
1: meet up and hang out. Yeah, sure. man. When you're in Cincy, you got to let, let me know. And we will definitely yeah. we'll meet up and we will have a cigar. So let, let's talk about, I've got some, some cigar questions, um, that I, just kind of general stuff, just to to uh, for the cigar guys that are going. Hey, ask him some cigar stuff. Some um, so so let's let's say hypothetically we're meeting up. We're gonna have a cigar. What what are you going to? What are you gonna have? What's your go to? Hmm. It depends on the season of my life. There was a time where it was
2: a part of his part of his black. There was a time where it would have been you know any one of the my father sticks. Yeah, lately it's been these placencia. Uh, the foundation, the wise man, West oh, yeah. Echo, uh, either the red or when when yeah. it was available, the attic. Um, so I'm I'm not that uh, consistent. I would say I'll I'll have one or two sticks that I'll kind of stick to for a while, and then I'll switch them up. But lately, I've just been variety man. I mean, I buy probably about I don't know four to five boxes a month that I go yeah. through try them all. with uh, with randoms, you know. So you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, man two to four a day so i try to
1: like you know switch them up you got to try them all so what what do you look for like wh- when you fire up a cigar wh- what are the notes that that really you enjoy the most in a cigar do you like i mean to just go to interview are you looking for something you mentioned my father so you're looking for that that pep and pepper blast or are you something more mild and smooth mild and smooth in the morning with my coffee but okay. not even every morning some mornings i, I, still, <laughs> I still get bold but
2: yeah I, I like strong flavors you know what i mean like yeah man you know, so like i like strong whiskey i like hot sauce i like strong cigars. you know what i mean like
1: yeah dude that's,
2: that's just the world i play in so but i do like i like box press a lot uh I, I smoke non-box press a lot too but i really like box press i just find like there's a there's just a softness and a fluffiness about the smoke experience there that just really resonates with me i like the way it holds in my hand i like, like the way it sits on sits my lips and you know it's um there's something about a good box press cigar that really, uh, you know, makes me happy.
0: Do you think yeah. it affects the taste at all?
2: Well, you would think scientifically it doesn't, but to me it does. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <you> know like,
0: <laughs> well, that's another good example of us telling people: smoke what you like. You find something you like, you smoke it.
2: Yeah, I mean, like box press to me, most of them are a little softer. Uh, you know, the pull is a little easier. It just seems a little like. Not light in flavor, but just light and just like in texture and in, in, in just uh, the experience and just trying to, I guess, the draw really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. That, that's something that, that we've we've said numerous times. Just is you find know. your thing and, and just go with it.
2: Yeah. I mean, this potencia, I'm a fuerte, I'm smoking right now, is just absolutely <laughs> delicious. Fun example. It's just like, that's all. I almost the, had that uh, same cigar. That's when I, you know, squeeze it a little bit. Yeah. every little bounce, but still like not hollow, and a uh, good ash, great construction, and just you know, perfect um,
1: composite on the draw. Nice, yeah, man. I almost pulled that same cigar out of the humidor um, before we started. So, luck, mines, I'm, baby, luck, <laughs> mines. <laughs> yeah and you you are you mentioned something else that i've been big on lately the west tampa stuff man which you know you you talked about you shared rick's story in the book how did that come about
2: yeah so i actually met rick through my friend rami daco who uh for many years was a top salesman at general cigars and he's like my childhood friend we've been best friends for like forever since like kindergarten and so i met ricky through him and he was telling me about ricky's story and he was telling me he's like yo i told ricky he should write a book and he introduced me, and he's like, "Yo, Ricky, you should have this guy write write your biography." And so we actually talked about that a little bit, just kind of loosely. Nothing really came to fruition. Maybe someday yeah. it will. But then we just became friends, you know. And so he told me a little bit about the story, and then I, I asked him if he didn't mind if I included him in the book. And so he's like, "No, for sure." I sent him what I wrote. And he's like, "Don't change one word. This is perfect." But it was just like the whole his whole like upbringing of of mm-hmm. not really having a father figure, uh, and how he kind of stumbled his way through some some treacherous bad associations and uh yeah. you know some <laughs> interesting scenarios with guns and cocaine and then yep. you know eventually ended up um you know working for uh general cigars and being under the tutelage of benji menendez to become yeah. a master blender and, and benji was kind of looking for that succession plan he was in the evening of his career and was looking to implant his knowledge on someone and ricky was the was the right candidate to be his mentee and that he, he not only you know became the one to kind of carry on the, the, the skill of being the master blender, but they also really developed a friendship and, and kind of relationship where, you know, Benji almost became like this surrogate father figure to, yeah. to Ricky. And uh, you know, he, he talks about that a lot. And so, you know, the story kind of goes through a little bit right. of that. And how he yeah. kind of found his way through his calling journey with tobacco being, you know, the core of
1: it. Nice man. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really cool. Um, I didn't know when I got to, when I was reading this section about Ricky, you know, the the cocaine part, I was like, wow, that's uh that that's a cool that's that's a uh, that sounds too too like it was like that that can't be that's too cool to be true. Uh that's just so out there that it's like wow, that's that's insane.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know all the details, but to, you know, babysitting some co- cocaine and right ask a bought a friend or something. And I think the friend's okay, obviously, but you know, there was just a, some wild stuff happening. That's when he realized he needed a hard redirect for his life and you know, that can <laughs> do it. it of the themes of failure, rules, and personal right. transformation after we go wayward and all that shit. So yeah, that'll
0: man. do it. That'll definitely do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so Bruno, uh, I was saying, you know, feel free to jump in at any point because you know I'll just keep talking. So if you have questions yeah, for Andrew, I've just just, <laughs> just right now I'm doing a lot know, of I'll listening. Keep going. Yeah, because you know I'll just keep going. Um, so on on that, I'm going to ask another question, Andrew. I'm going to pivot a little bit. Just try to. I'm yeah. going to stick with the the cigar conversation here so for this is uh, something that I always find interesting because cigars are I don't want to say weird but when I got into cigars I, I thought it was very weird So it was something that being a a punk rock kid I I growing up I was not exposed to cigars my, my parent my father didn't smoke cigars uh during the boom slightly, but that was about it. Um, so as a punk rock kid, it was always this thing that I would look at it. It's like, man, that's just, I I don't get that until one day I finally did get it. I was like, I'm going to try a cigar. I think it'd be cool. And I tried it and enjoyed it. So I always find it interesting on how, how did you get into cigars just the very first time? I mean, I
2: dabbled with them for, for years, like cheap cigars and occasionally premium cigars. Like, you know, when I was younger, when I was broke. Right. But I think it was really when I um, was running my record labels in, in Toledo, Ohio, um, Thorpe Records and Sailor's Grave Records, and I had an office downtown in Toledo. I was running full time, and I had like you know, uh you know, one like part-time person that came in and to helped around to the office, but she wasn't there that often. And the rest of the people that worked for me were like 1099, or they were remote, you know, whether it's publicists mm-hmm. or designers, whatever. So I generally worked by myself. And while I still could smoke inside my office there, and I did sometimes, <laughs> uh, it was one of those buildings that was very, you know, almost like a madman kind of scenario. Like there was like the sheriff. <laughs> all I smoke cigars these lawyers down the hall who smoke cigarettes inside the office felt like it was another time zone but yeah. you know it got kind of lonely right and so my friend Rami the same guy who, who he now actually works for West Tampa Tobacco he now is a national sales director for West Tampa Tobacco he came out to visit me and he's like yeah there are any cigar lounges around here and he was just starting to get into cigars and he wasn't even in the industry yet and then um, we went to this place Port Royal And that's where I really kind of like got introduced to the culture, which led to me smoking cigars regularly. And then I was in there two, three days a week, working remotely in there. And before you know it, it wasn't like a once, twice a week thing. It was like an everyday thing. And then it was just like, you know, more and more kind of getting entrenched in, you know, the nuances of the culture and and, and kind of just the benefits of the culture and just really loving cigars, you know, whether it's with coffee or with booze or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, So what
0: cigar hit you? What cigar hit you first? What's the one that, kind of hit you to make you say, oh, God, I'm going to enjoy this. Do you remember that cigar? I
2: think it was – I don't even remember which particular uh, – it was, it was It was. a CAO, I think it was probably what I started smoking back then and was smoking most regularly. And I don't even remember which CAO it was. I mean, this is like going back like 18 years. This is like 2005. <laughs> okay. 2000. So I don't remember. But I think it was CAO. It was kind of the gateway brand, and then I just got into all kinds of other stuff.
0: Because uh, we end up
2: very early on, smoked a lot of Olivas. Okay. Time. Um, you know, Series B was all just starting to come out then. I think yeah. we were meeting Jose Oliva at uh, La Casa de la Havana in uh, in Toledo, Ohio, and uh, and Perdomo too. I remember meeting Nick Perdomo back then. He actually ended up writing a blurb for the back of the spy novel that I wrote. Um, yeah, you know, and then so I think there were kind of the brands that I remember smoking okay. back. Then.
0: Because one of the things that Adam and I have talked about is our search and whether or not we ever found the cigar that just made you say, if this was the only cigar I had left to smoke, I would smoke it nonstop.
2: Yeah, we, have we you ever found, the, found the, that cigar? The grail.
0: Yeah, the grail.
2: I mean, I don't know that I can say that. That's just like saying, who's your favorite band? Um, <laughs> 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 and it's point in time. It's going to change over time. You might always still love it, but you're not going to love it with the same set of type of fervor that you are 10 years later when, you're introduced to new things, like just because it's an industry in motion and you got taste buds in
1: motion. and I don't know, I don't know yeah. that I could say that it would have to be a handful. You just wrecked that question for me, too, because I'd never thought of it in that context. <laughs> if somebody were to ask me who my favorite band was, I could never answer that question. Um, because yeah, if, five to ten, but even those are gonna be revolving, like it's still, yeah, like, it's gonna be revolving. Yeah, I've got a few that are always in the top, but yeah, yeah now you've wrecked that question for me.
0: <laughs> oh, as many great cigars as I've smoked, there is still one that.
1: Oh
2: yeah.
0: When I do get to smoke it, it's brings oh, back yeah. great what memories and. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Now I said, which one is that?
0: It's a Hoy de Monterey Epicure Number Two that I got. I first when I smoked was probably close to 20 years ago, and to this day, every time I have one, it just it's a flavor that I just enjoy a lot.
2: Does it bring back associations to something significant around the time? That it first-
0: does. Yeah. It, it more than anything, it was the way that it was found. It was just, we were up in Canada, me and a friend of mine messing around. We were both, you know, cigar smokers at that yeah. point. I've been trying a lot of different stuff, just trying to find out, okay, what do I like? What do I not like? And he spent more than I would have spent on a couple cigars. And I think we got, not even five minutes into smoking it and just looked at each other and said, yeah, this is, this is the one. <laughs> now I've had a ton of incredible cigars. I mean, Adam and I were chatting last night. The one I had last night was incredible, but if somebody did tell me that's it, you can't have any more other than one, it would be that one. I would be sad about that. Cause all these new yeah, yeah, things yeah. that I don't yeah. get to try <laughs>
2: interesting interesting yeah. i don't know what that would be for me right now i don't know i'd yeah. have to think about that yeah like the whole like it's like the whole question of you were stranded on an island you could only have one cigar and listen to one album. oh yeah <laughs>
1: right.
0: the one album thing for me would be something that would be i don't know if i could make that choice because no, never yeah really. i don't
1: if i was trending on an
2: island though i can tell you right now i need some fucking motorhead
0: <laughs> they keep you sane you yeah
1: know, that's that that's not i that's a that's a touchy spot for me people i, I hear that a lot I, people say motorhead i'm not a motorhead fan um whoa oh yeah oh. i just just broke i just broke you there i i'm not um I, i've never really i i get it i i mean i enjoy motorhead but i don't love motorhead like most people uh for me it's gonna be walk among us um, oh there you go hey man that's yeah. that's the one for me. It's going to be Walk like, Among I, I, Us. I mean, I think of that. Yeah. so that's... so the, the one thing I wanted to ask you, um, you know, up until recently, honestly, um, you know, I see on social media, on Instagram all the time, you know, the talk about failure rules. That mm-hmm. was the first book I read. And then as I was looking through the press stuff, you sent me, I'm like, spy novelist. What is this about? I yeah. And then I was, it was this afternoon. I started digging a little deeper into it. And I found Blaze Operation Persian Trinity. So yeah, so tell me tell me about the spy novel because I well, I honestly it, it, just wasn't was, aware.
2: Yeah, it was me cutting my teeth on writing. I, I was uh, and it, it's kind of a failure old story on you know pretty yeah. much how I like wrote that like I was in this like kind of like this failure space where my financial planning practice that I had in Toledo Ohio when I lived there uh was starting to go down the drain around the 2008 financial uh, crisis right. Uh, a lot of jeep workers and such you know pulling accounts and everything was you know tightening and it was just working harder than ever long sales cycles things weren't closing and it was just things weren't working out and i kind of needed like some sort of healthy diversion healthy escape something creative and i was re- started reading a lot of spy novels you know everything from like ted bell to daniel silva to ben flynn to, to brad thor just kind of got into that world and uh it's like screw it you know like, I always wanted to write books. Why don't I just start now? Why wait till I'm, like, retired? And so I just started writing. And over the course of seven years, started and stopped, started to stop, eventually finished it, uh, and decided to self-publish it. Did a little bit with it promotion-wise, but not a lot. And uh, I think it's good, but, uh, you know, I already started another uh, manuscript for a second spine album, and I had learned a lot from the feedback from the first how to make it even right. better. But, but uh, that one is about basically like this – you know, this um, Irish American kind of anti hero protagonist, ex CIA guy with, you know, struggling with his demons or what have you, and ends up kind of going back into the field and and uh, being put on this mission to kind of like, you know, help plant a, a Stuxnet 2 kind of uh, virus to afford yeah. an Iranian nuclear program and that kind of thing. And nice, a lot of humor in there. I was really into like watching Rescue Me with Dennis Leary back then. So like, <laughs> Irish centric kind of humor and ball breaking. Yeah. I tried to make it like funny too, you know, nice, Even man. To to political shit in there, but I tried to make it funny and <laughs> yeah. some religious stuff in there too. Like just kind of playing on you know, the interplay between the Abrahamic faiths and how that weaves into geopolitics. So yeah, Do you that have cigars cool. in there. Of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the, the, the protagonist cards—he's pretty much me becoming some sort of hero. You know, like, <laughs> this, is, this
1: is the one time I wish we yeah, did Nick video. Nick Romo wrote the uh, wrote a blurb for the back of the book, so I had to be yeah, stars. This is the one time I wish we had video, man. Andrew, the look on your face when he said there cigars in there was priceless. You just stopped with the drink in your hand. It's like, are you shit? I figured me right that now? would do that. That's why <laughs> it
0: was I I I asked what the dumb question was. It's like I'm gonna ask him
1: if there's cigars in there. Hey, yeah, ask. You don't know, man. Yeah, I I found it this afternoon. I'm like, wow, there it is. Okay, cool. And then I was even more I was kind of impressed because it was on Revelation Records website. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I mean, like, they just I asked them to carry it because they're my distributor for the labels. Right. I mean, they didn't sell a whole bunch of them. I don't even know if they sold more than, like, five or ten, but they carried <laughs> it in bucket, you know, just make it available. and
1: just It was just
2: and, there. And yeah. They and now they're they carrying failure rules, too, and they did a little more of a push for that because there's a lot more, obviously, musical hooks with failure rules. Right. The chromags right in the forward yep. and all the different case studies on, you know, Henry Rollins from Black Flag or Lemmy from yep. Motorhead. I've got a chapter on the Coffin Cats in there, too. I don't know if you got yep. to that part yet, but, yeah, yep. you know, so – it was it was more apropos
1: but. yeah it, it was a thing this afternoon where i was searching and i'm like hey revelation records here we go this is cool uh um, well, yeah. just because revelation is it's that that was a take back for me because you know that was a label that from a time i was everything revelation put out i was all about it and then yeah. so it was it was kind of cool um just <laughs> just ridiculous so, things like that, that that take you back Great pivot people,
2: too i mean I, I jordan cooper i don't talk to him much but i have a few times here and there but the people that have run Rev HQ, I mean, mm-hmm. used to be Vic Mott back in the day. She no longer works there, but you know everybody's working there now. They've always been really consistent, really great, and just mm-hmm. very, um, you know, just very fair and uh, you know uh, good with all their partners. So,
0: yeah. so I'm going to pivot back to something because some of the things we've been trying to tell our listeners, I would say, if I was to ask you, did you struggle when you first started smoking cigars, and what helped you the most when you first? started smoking cigars it sounds like based on what we've been listening to that going to your local brick and mortar and going into the lounges and talking to the other people in there was that what gave you the comfort level to really start getting into this
2: yeah it was the culture that made made it more kind of this like evolving like you know important part of like my lifestyle and, and my identity just because the enjoyment i got out of the culture and then that makes you love cigars more and Learn yeah. more about them, try different ones. Yeah. you know, and even now, like um, I go to I go to lounges uh, pretty frequently. A lot of times with my friend Rami because he's always doing events and such. And then there's a few local ones, but like, but yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know how it is. Like I first started smoking pretty much mostly only in lounges, mm-hmm. in my car. And now that I'm able to smoke inside, like I'm just smoking all day long. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm the gym. And I'm like, I was smoking on my way to the gym. I was smoking my way home from the gym. And pretty much unless I'm in the shower, or I'm having sex, I'm smoking a cigar. You know, like, <laughs> That's
0: why I don't want to be able to you know, smoke everywhere. Or whatever, but I like it, so I don't know. Yeah, man. So that kind of leads me to something that Adam and I touched on. And we'll get your take on this too. Um, the brick and mortar we did work at, One of the first questions when we were remodeling was, should we put TVs in the lounge? And all of us immediately started to say, no, that's not what the lounge is for. The lounge is not somewhere to sit and watch TV. It's somewhere to sit and socialize, learn about cigars, share stories, solve the world's problems, even though you really (laughs) don't. But it feels like it when you're sitting there smoking. (laughs) So would you agree not putting TVs in cigar lounges is maybe a better choice? I'd say it's the best uh, choice.
2: I have no interest in watching TV and cigar lounges. Not that Me I'm neither. Either, I'm not interested in it. And I do find it to be a diversion. I was actually just on a, like this live kind of podcast with bourbonblog.com and uh, the cigar lounge in, in New Jersey, uh, Sanjas, I think it's called. And he was like, no TVs in the lounges. And I was like, wow, I never actually heard you know a lounge owner saying that. And it was this exact same conversation we we're having here it was about like how much of a distraction that is to what you're really the atmosphere you're really trying to create you know the camaraderie you're really camaraderie you're really trying to induce
0: trying to get people to actually talk to each other
2: exactly yeah so i'd be a fan for no tvs man or maybe (laughs) one tv like in the front room where the register is somebody wants to stand there and watch check check something real quick but not make them too comfortable to do it
0: yeah (laughs) yeah exactly make them stand to do it
2: and then like (laughs) let the conversations happen in the back you know
0: that's, That's kind of awesome. what we figured. It just is something that we were pretty adamant about. It's not, you can go in your own basement or your own living room and watch TV. But when you're going into a, a brick and mortar, going into a cigar lounge, it should be about communicating with people, talking about not necessarily just cigars. We've oh, of course, had some yeah. great conversations in cigar yeah. lounges
2: mm-hmm.
0: until four, five, six o'clock in the morning. Oh,
2: yeah. Man. Yes. yeah. I've had them till one, two in the morning. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, absolutely yeah. I agree with that I mean I like sometimes I hate there's certain lounges I go into where they just it just all revolves around people going in there and watching sports and then nobody talks to each other it's like I'm not right. no hanging out there like yeah. you know it's just not it's, that's just not interesting
1: so, no and that's and that's such a huge part I think uh, of, of the cigar culture is just sitting and having that conversation with like, as like, I mean, I said earlier, you know, it's every walk of life is welcome in the cigar culture, and you never know what somebody what somebody's going to bring to the conversation. I want to hear every side of a story, and, and yeah, it, it really just takes that away, and I think that's a, a real disservice to the cigar community. So,
2: I mean, I especially because cool. it's a company that, that really attracts a lot of really interesting eccentric people. You yeah, know? <laughs> <You're missing laughs> I would agree. Play of so many characters and the opportunity you see so many people say some crazy shit or do some crazy shit like you know i don't want to muzzle yeah. that man Get the tv's out of here i'm gonna see the other show you know what i mean exactly, <laughs> exactly it's man. free
0: too and probably more entertaining <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: exactly and so one of the cool things too that, that i'm seeing and, and what what i was drawn to you immediately and you probably uh, i'm gonna make a comparison here that you probably hear regularly um with, it was with joshua coburn but i'm seeing more of the of people from I'm going to say like us, but I don't want to sound inclusive like that. More, mm-hmm. more, you know, from the, the, the counterculture, from the subcultures, from the punk rock culture coming into the cigar, the cigar space. And I think it's awesome because for the longest time, I always felt like almost an outcast in the cigar space because yeah. I wasn't yeah. partaking in the conversations. I would look into the lounge and I would see a group of just, I was young, a younger person at the time in my twenties. But I would see a a group of you know forty year old guys sitting in the back and I'm thinking I'm out of place there. I'm this I'm this yeah. grungy punk rock kid that I that yeah. they don't they don't want to they don't want to talk to me. Um, but I I eventually learned that they don't care who I am. They don't care that I'm this this tattooed punk rock guy. If I've got something interesting to say, cool. But now I'm seeing more more and more of the of the punk rock element coming into the cigar space, um, and I think that's that's super super cool. Um, no, it, I agree. And have you heard that comparison? And I'm sure you have between you and like Joshua Coburn is the one that comes well, to mind. So
2: I found him online. I think there was a, a link in LinkedIn with some video he did or some podcast he did. Now that, that was the first time I discovered him. I thought it was really, really cool. And there were some things he said now that, that resonated and I ended up including him in, in the story and failure rules. Cause I write about him in failure rules. And after I wrote it, wrote about him, I reached out to him and said, Hey, you mind if I publish this? I, I, I don't know. I don't know you. And I wrote him and he was totally into it. And then he also did a blurb for the book. And then yeah. I've never met him in person, but then we had a FaceTime call and talked. And he's like, yo, bro, how, how did this happen? We're almost like identical twins here. Like we're yeah. both in the punk part, both write <laughs> books, both girl, you know, our motivational speaking type stuff. And then uh we're into the cigars. I'm like, I don't know, man, but there's definitely you know some yeah, sort man. of uh, kinship here. But you know, to your point though, like, yeah, when I first started getting to cigars, that that wasn't a factor. There was no real like people from like you know any sort of like the, the punk hardcore metal you know kind of subculture sub- or even not music related but just even like working class tattooed people you know yeah like that wasn't a thing It wasn't. there was no really working class kind of element it was just it was really like high-end business people and golfers and stuff like yes. that. yes i was still into it then and met a lot of great people who were kind of like that in the culture but now it's kind of a mix of both and i think it's even better yeah. uh and uh it's it's changing the fabric of what the culture is and i saw that very distinctly at pca because it was like half and half you know yeah. what i mean it was straight up half and half, and it's like people like matt booth kind of helped break that mold uh you know or like coburn and Coburn and true and, uh, estate was one that and always and true estate yeah. and you know and like even my friend rami who is is, is more you know like us like he didn't fit into general cigars because of that, because it was kind of the, was very much like the golf cult. Yeah. I mean, and he's with West Tamp, and him and Ricky are good friends. And he's he was always himself anyway, but now he can just do it more easily. He just feels more comfortable. And so you know, I think there's it's definitely changing, you know, and yeah,
1: becoming multi-ethnic as well, which is great. Yep. It's it's all the things, you know. So share a, a quick story here about this topic. When when I worked at a shop, like you said, I was this you know, just typical punk rock kid working at a shop. Uh, one day I'm working and we had a rep come in, and he was wearing a Germs shirt. Completely <laughs> blew my mind. Uh, and and, and um, the the manager of the shop is a huge uh, music guy, just all yeah. genres, just loves music. And we kind of gatekeep a little bit. You come in wearing a band shirt, we're we're gonna push you on a little bit. And sure, sure enough, yeah. you know he, this rep comes in wearing a Germs t-shirt. And he's a super nice guy. Um, I think he was a rep for. Uh, was it 724 maybe um but we, we we had to throw some germs on the uh on the on the house pa system on the, on the the music system in the shop and see if he caught on and sure enough he did and right away i'm like all right cool i'm a fan nice. now because you're wearing a germ shirt and you you were able to call it out when i played it so gatekeeping yeah but i i became a fan of the company after that And it was the first time i had, I had met anybody in the industry that you know, came walking in wearing a Germs t-shirt and was actually a fan yeah. of the band. I'm like, all right, cool. There are yep. some punk rock guys out here that are that are in the industry. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so it's first cool for the, the ages. Industry. Yeah.
0: Sorry that you saw out there. Would you say it was a good mix of younger and older?
2: I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't see a whole lot of like younger, younger, not like people in their 20s. I mean, it was older dudes, but like I would say anywhere from like, You know, 35 to 45 would be where I would see more of the people kind of like that were more of like the, I say working class, but there was just, you know, there was a lot of bearded tattooed guys there, right? In that age group. And then maybe on the older end, 45 and above, and some of the younger ones were more of the more legacy kind of like traditional, like wearing a suit and and more like, uh, you know, business looking, right? So it was about half and half, but I didn't see a lot of like real, like young people you know what i mean i think it's still like you know no, nobody really in their 20s but i mean this was also a trade show this wasn't consumers right so it's not representative yep. of actual smokers really right
1: but yeah yep we 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 are very aware of what of the pca show one of our favorite times a year actually when we worked yeah. uh in the industry love that show yeah, it's interesting because I have a college age son who is who is now getting into cigars but that could be because he's around me all the time too. <laughs> um so
2: college age son too and he doesn't like to smoke cigars he smokes something else but yes
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. All right. So cool. So we're coming up on about 30 minutes so I want to start getting into a wrap up phase here. So Andrew, what's what's next what's what's next in front of you right now? What's coming up on the on the, the horizon for you?
2: I'm going to be at the Dallas Cigar Shop in Dallas uh, for uh, a live, like a book signing event, and we're doing a live recording of another podcast, The Great Cigar Podcast. Yep. My friend Jimmy Boy, we'll kind of do, like, interview each other about his stuff and my stuff, and I'll be selling my merch. he will be selling his, and we're just going to have a hearth and hanging out. So get ready to do that, and it's kind of like a prototype, right? Just, there's been a, a good amount of interest, you know, kind of stirred up from PCA for doing these type of events, and this is kind of like the first one, and it was born from yeah. somebody we met at PCA, my man Jose, and um, then I'm gonna be doing some more of those, just kind of strategically throughout the country, yep. uh, and then probably at some point more concentrated in the Northeast, and just see how they go. Um, yeah. So doing those, and then just doing lots of podcasts. I mean, everything from cigar ones to music-oriented ones to entrepreneurial yep. business podcasts to you know wellness and spirituality ones. Yeah. And so you to know, yeah, do that. Checking-
1: yeah, I was checking the website and seeing you—you you were all over the place. I'm like he's out there, man. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's fun because you yeah. just have so many different, diverse conversations with interesting people um, that uh, you know are, are interested and, and they know how to have a good conversation. And you know, it's just the the different people. I mean, I mean, even like today, just just talking to you, man. Like, oh, you were at the, you? I was at the Blaze, you know, lounge, right? Like, right. Yeah. 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 Connections that come up
1: is, is really cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. So. For anybody interested, where can they find you? Where's the best place to get to, you know, yeah. social media, website? Where's the, Where do they get you? So I'm
2: most active on Instagram. So at Andrew Thorpe King on Instagram, definitely go follow me. No E on the end of Thorpe. Lots of cigar content there. you love it. Uh, and then the website is andrewthorpeking.com. Again, no E on the end of Thorpe. There you can get like the Failure Rules free mini course in your inbox. Uh, you can get links to buy the book, uh, buy the merch, Soul Fire Smokeware for cigar lovers. Yeah. Lots of cool stuff. And you can get the book anywhere online. I mean, obviously, Amazon, there's an audio book that kicks ass. I sell just as many audio books as I do physical books. It was narrated by the actor from uh, the show Twin Peaks on Showtime, guy, J.S. Singh. Nice. Great cadence, great urgency to the reading. It really does justice to the text. So however you consume your books, whether it's audio or or whatever, go check it out. I think you're going to dig it. I think it'll be worth your time.
1: Yeah, and then I will, uh, I'm actually going to set up a, put up a, a page on our website. Uh, I'm going to work on that tomorrow where I'm going to have links to all of Andrew's social media, the website, everything, every, every way you can get in touch with Andrew. It will be available on the CigarMatchPodcast.com. Just go to the guest section. And since Andrew's our first, he will be at the very top of the page, uh, featured prominently mm-hmm. all of his contact information. I and mean, I cannot thank you enough for hanging out with us and doing this, man. Yes, um, thank you so much. This has been a, a lot of fun. Me. Yeah, man, it's so cool. It's been a lot of fun. Our, our first official guest uh, on the podcast, we're pretty stoked on that. We started this. This, this will be episode 10 when this airs. Uh, and yes. this has been a lot more fun than we thought it was going to be. And uh, so yeah, it has been. It's been, it's been super cool. We so keep finding you. more stuff to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> man. So, the
2: adventure's just begun. Adventure's
1: just begun. <laughs> ah, yeah, man. It's been good. So thank you for hanging out with us and sharing everything you've, that we've talked about. Everybody, check out the book, Failure Rules. It's awesome. Uh, go give Andrew a follow his content tons of cigar content all kinds of cool stuff Andrew's just all around badass definitely worth a follow on whatever social media you use look him up give him a follow check him out he is awesome so with that we're gonna close out Andrew anything you want to you want to close out with man
2: no man just thanks for having me this is an awesome conversation so many great things in common you guys are uh you know, your brothers already, even though I just kind of just met you here, man. I can't wait to come visit you guys in Cincy oh, next time I'm out. Yeah.
1: when you're in Cincy, you gotta look Looking us know forward to that. We are we are going to to hang out. So all right. So we, we say thank you, Andrew, for hanging out with us. And uh yeah, man, we're gonna wrap the interview right here. And we will- Well, there you go,
0: everyone, our first official guest. So right, once yeah, again, you- we definitely want some feedback on if you enjoyed uh the cigar related and non-cigar related stuff. Or if you'd rather just hear about cigars.
1: Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Andrew is a very interesting guy. Very. A very fun guy to talk to. And we have a connection. Andrew has a connection here in Cincinnati area. So we will probably, that probably won't be the last time we hear from Andrew. No. Uh, not at all. <laughs> We've actually, no, we're already working on plans for uh, a Cigar Match podcast get together with Andrew. At a very much A local so. brick and mortar. Uh, that's going to happen so you, you'll you be hearing more from from andrew with us so yeah definitely let us know give us some feedback do you guys like the conversation that kind of spans multiple topics there we're talking music we're talking andrew's book um talking cigar culture or would you rather us just focus on talking cigars and leaving it that we're kind of curious because you know we we had planned on let's uh let's really focus on cigars but the conversation went a different way and I think it went, it was a very good, I, I enjoyed the conversation. Oh, it personally. was a good conversation. But, you know, you guys are the listeners out there. What, what do you guys, what do you guys think? Let us know, you know, let us know what you guys thought about that and how you think we should, we should proceed going forward because we want to keep this an enjoyable podcast for yes. you guys to to listen to. Now, I think when we start actually
0: talking to some of our being brick and mortar people it'll probably be a little more cigar driven but yes if you guys enjoyed what you heard then that means that we need to look for not only people in the industry to interview but people that are huge cigar smokers that
1: yes have great topics that just have good topics to talk about so yeah let us know what you guys think so we know how to proceed so with that bruno i think that uh this is where we wrap up this week man. yes it's, uh you know it's not a lot of cigar topics the conversation is fills most of the episode and i hope you guys enjoy but yes hope you, you know, enjoyed it this that's episode 10 it is officially in the books and we will talk to you guys again in two weeks for episode 11 so stay tuned let us know what you guys think about yes. the the guests and thank you guys for tuning in as always uh until episode 11 keep smoking good cigars and smoking thanks a lot for listening see you next, guys see you